If you'd like to listen to the full episode, please subscribe to our newsletter called Venture Notes. And before going into the episode today, here are some benefits about being a Venture Notes Premium member. First of all, do you know that Premium members get their NFT member pass? This NFT will open the door to private access to events, content, and so much more yet to be designed. It's a long journey. The first 50 member access pass collection could be considered as the OG collection, the Genesis collection. And second of all, premium members are also invited to join our early stage startup syndicate called Olive Capital, where we mostly support pre-seed to Series A startups in the EU and in the US in B2B SaaS, crypto and consumer tech. We are embracing the model of a media-driven early stage investor. Please note that Olive Capital does not provide financial advice. You need to carefully consider your own financial situation and take a risk diversification approach. While the return profiles looks attractive, members are aware that venture capital is a very difficult asset class where all the invested capital is at risk. And now let's move into the show. Perfect. Thanks for thanks for for having us for having this great lineup of uh, of, uh, of all international venture capital partners and, and partners. Um, so we're gonna try to make this as useful as possible for the next forty five minutes. I think this is probably most relevant to seed and Series A or pre seed seed Series A founders who are questioning whether um, they think they should go international now or later. And with the team of people you have in front of you, we've divided this into three sections. The first one is the team. The second one is your project. And the third one is your fundraising. And we'll go into details uh, um, during the next 45 minutes. So before we get started, um, do you guys want to each kind of introduce yourself as to what you do at the respective firm and your view on... On, on 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 this international aspect of of of, of startups, um, Evgenia, I don't know. Let's let's start with Evgenia and then. <laughs> Why not? Um, Evgenia, nice to meet uh, everyone who's, who's listening in, um, and great to see some old friends on the panel. Um, so here at Dawn, just just to give you guys a little bit of context, we exclusively focus on B two B businesses. Uh, predominantly B2B software and, and fintech. Um, and we typically invest from Series A onwards all the way to, to pre-IPO. Uh, we're all based out of London, but we cro- invest across Europe uh, Europe and Israel. Um, and so I think for us, uh, j- just given the, the, the B2B um, software element, uh, typically for B2B software to be truly successful and be a, a real category winner, uh, you kind of have to be global. Uh, so whether we meet someone who is based in Klagenfurt, Austria, or or in Paris or in London or you know, in Barcelona, uh, w- without a shade of a doubt, they'll they'll end up opening an office in the US, an office somewhere in APAC, uh, and uh, you know if they're successful in their journey, they will become an, an international and global player. So we assess that their ability to be international very much from from day one, uh, as soon as as we come in, uh, whether it is to Series B or Series A or B or, or C. Great. Uh, Shiraz? Uh, hi, everyone. Um, thanks for having me today. So I'm Shiraz. I work at Speed Invest, uh, which is an early stage European uh, VC. Um, so we invest at pre-seed and seed stages. 
Um, and we invest across a wide range of, uh, of sectors. Um, and obviously, as I said, I mentioned European. So um, the European factor is really important for us. So we have local teams, uh, investment teams in France, the UK, Germany and Austria. Uh, but we tend to really invest in companies that want to go across Europe actually quite uh, quite fast. Um, and we also have um, an office in, in the US actually. So international expansion as a whole is, is quite important for us. Um, and maybe one, one last comment actually on my background. Prior to, to joining Speed Invest, I used to work at Malt, um, a French uh, scale-up, and I led the international expansion over there and expanded the company to uh, Spain and Germany. So I hope I'll bring also some perspective from the operational side. Great. Thank you, Audrey. Hi, Augustin. Thank you for having me here. So um, I'm Audrey. I'm a partner at Ventec. It's an early stage uh, tech investor. And uh, actually, our motto is global reach, local catch. So um, the, the main approach of uh, international expansion is really to have uh, for us local uh, teams um, all over Europe. So we have offices in, uh, uh, in uh, Paris, Berlin, Munich, and in Helsinki. And we also have a Chinese team uh, based out of um, Beijing and, uh, and Shanghai. So um, if you would like my, uh, my let's say, overview vision um, of uh, interna international expansion in Europe, I would say that to me, there are two main uh, European playbooks and we can uh, maybe dig a bit further uh, during this call, but I would say there are two main approaches. Uh, the first approach would be for me, uh, you know, to um, expand internationally from one HQ and then uh, really have an effort of hiring um, foreign employees uh, in one specific city and then uh, expand from this specific city. It's possible, we've been able to do that. For example, I'm thinking about one portfolio company called Singular. Uh, there are 100 employees in the company from 24 nationalities, all based in Paris. And um, the other approach is really to, uh, you know, uh, um, do a local, uh, have a local approach and uh, have people on the ground in, in every country. And uh, it's been proven to be working as well. I have another great uh, Example in the in the portfolio, which is Tiki Ads, uh, which has been sold uh, to Comcast for one hundred million dollars, and uh, and the, they have been expanding internationally through hiring general manager in, in every country. So uh, I think we will discuss it more. But I, to me, it's two opposed approaches, uh, which can sure. make sense and um, and and um, and can work. Both of them can work in my in my experience. Thank you, and good good luck with the baby. Thank you. Can hear you. Right. <laughs> Thank you. That's great. We're definitely going to tackle those two options. And then to close off, Ricardo. Thanks, everyone, for having me. And uh, my name is Ricardo. I'm a partner at a firm called Point Nine Capital. We're uh, a small team of six investors. Uh, our firm is headquartered in Berlin, but the team is distributed across Europe and the U.S., um, we invest at the seed stage into B2B software and marketplace companies, and we do this at a global level. So we believe that really entrepreneurs and software winners can come from anywhere around the globe. And over the past 11 years, have backed circa 150 companies across 35 different geographies, Europe being home where maybe 60% of our investments are done, and then 20% around Canada and US. 
and then 20% really scattered across the globe from Australia to New Zealand to Armenia to Peru. And the list has been growing on and on and on over the years. Our belief, similarly to what Evgenia has mentioned, is that, you know, like the majority of software budgets around the world, are, well, the majority of software procurement is done in the U.S. 50% of software budgets are there. And ultimately, we've been working throughout the years to build a playbook where companies that come from anywhere are able to establish their go-to market in the U.S. at a specific point in time in their growth trajectories, which I hope we can talk a bit more about when is the right time to do so. Um, and we work very closely with teams at obviously the stage at which we invest, which is in many ways pre-product market fit, help them validate all the different intrinsicacies of PMF, help them figure out the scalability of their distribution strategy, and ultimately at that point in time feel that it's a great time to start venturing into new markets and start effectively building out local teams in the places where the majority of the software budgets lie. So look forward to discussing all of this in the next couple of minutes that we have. Thanks. Perfect. And then just to close it off with New Fund, uh, as you know, I'm a partner at New Fund. New Fund is a really quickly transatlantic seed fund. We have an office in San Francisco, one in Paris. We're thinking of maybe opening one in Israel. And we've made this decision, at least in, in France, um, for France-based companies, that all the investment we're going to make need to have some sort of international mindset day one. So we want to invest in international companies by design. We'll talk more about this, but with further ado, let's get into the, the program we have for you. Let's, talk, let's start with the team. So my first question uh, to the team is, does the team need to be multicultural, multilingual? Uh, and then we can expand on that. Anyone wants to take a first stab at this one? Yeah, um, I can start if you want. So as I was saying in the introduction, I think there are these two um, potential playbooks. If you choose the, the, the playbook about, uh, you know, hiring international or foreign people from one HQ, I think it's really needed to be multilingual, uh, multicultural, because you have to manage uh, one local team with really uh, many uh, uh, many nationalities. So you really need to have this, this mindset. On the other side, if you choose the playbook of you know, expanding internationally through local expansion with hiring local uh, offices, in this, specific, in this specific case, I think you don't need, uh, the founding team uh, doesn't need to be uh, multilingual because anyway, uh, they will hire local people, local general manager, to manage um, you know, uh, local uh, countries, but they still need uh, to me to be very open-minded, I would say, rather than uh, multicultural, open-minded to the fact that they will have to um, outsource some specific decisions to uh, general managers who are based uh, out of, of the HQ. And so they, they have to, uh, to be open-minded enough to you know, um, understand their way of uh, doing uh, locally, uh, their way of uh, making local decisions, which could be different from, from one country to the others because of uh, uh, specific, local specificities. And, and so I think you still need to have a, 
um, in your uh, DNA when you launch a, a company which wants to expand internationally, uh, you, you need to get these open-minded um, skills, I guess. Ricardo, you want to rebound on this? Yes, happy to. I think that the, it's obviously important that the team is multicultural and multilingual, but what's important is that as you have the ambition as a founder or as a founding team to build an international organization, and many times, you know, in Europe, you're starting off in geographies where English is not the primary language of that specific country, majority of the times. It's important to build the company with that in mind. So we see in many ways uh, when we invest very early on in teams in France or in the Netherlands or in any other city that is not the UK, that you, know, you start building out your internal documentation in local language and that you start building out um, your job specs in local language. And we obviously work very closely with founders to help them understand that over time, you know, talent is not shouldn't be restricted to to the localities of the business, especially as they're able to hire remote. And ultimately, the profile of the company and the way you want to expose the company to talent at a global level needs to be amplified in English. Right? Like, so we feel that it's very important to set up that foundation from very early on when we start working with teams across the globe. And over time, obviously, there will be specificities that are required when you expand into new geographies, thinking about marketplaces that have maybe more operational teams on the ground, and you're going to hire more and more folks on the ground, with, which, which will have a specific nationality. And it's important to bake in the culturalism of those geographies where you expand into, into your organization. But I think that I, we look at things in two ways, right? Like build a company with global mindset in mind. So start thinking about implementing English from day one. And then as you expand into geographies where you need to have the, the cultural touch to be able to expand in the appropriate way, also bake into the organization talent from that geography. And, and, and so question for you too. Uh, and Audrey, thank you for, for the compliment about, I've, I have lost 10 kilos in the past two, three months. I'm running now every, almost every day. but. Uh, <laughs> um, so question back to you guys, and I think Ricardo, you sort of answered this, Audrey, when you, when you, when you're talking to a founding team, do you ensure they actually speak English? And is that for you, the open mindedness that you're at least looking for? If they're not my multicultural, multi-experiential, if they haven't traveled abroad or studied abroad in their, ex in their studies? This episode is an excerpt from the full episode that you can find at summit.runwayseries.co summit.runwayseries.co